that sounds like something I want to wow. do. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> so uh, probably we're going to lose some volunteers over <laughs> making this point. But uh, the best counselors are the ones that just say no matter what. Three of the most scary words on earth. Yeah. I will do it no matter what. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. I'm Vicki Kozjurek, and I'm here with Daniel Parks. We're here in Charlotte. And, yes, we are. And we try to equip and encourage people interested or currently doing sidewalk outreach. Like many of um, the podcasts we've done in the past, we've been doing this about two years, yep. I guess, maybe a little longer now. And um, like many of these these podcasts are they they come out of real life situations that we've faced or questions that people working on the sidewalk have asked. This one came out of a little bit of a different source, but I I it it is being applied to sidewalk counseling, but it was from a podcast I listened to on leadership. Yeah. And it was I don't remember the woman's name, but someone that was interviewed um and asked about some of her uh, things that she's learned as she became a billionaire yeah. when she sold a small business that she started that grew into a huge business. And she sold it to yeah. L'Oreal, I think, for a billion dollars. Yeah. So this episode is going to help encourage you guys uh, to be billionaires, actually. <laughs> so, oh, how I wish. <laughs> so that definitely means that you guys need to share this podcast with people, and you need to leave us a review, as we often beg you guys to do, leave us a review. Um, but with this episode, as with some of our others, we're going to be talking more kind of in a philosophical realm, I guess. And uh, some of our podcast episodes, we're speaking more in the practical realm, like how to do certain things. Uh, this is more... Behind the scenes, more of like our mentality, things like that. And the uh, title of this episode is The Things That No One Sees That Lead to What Everyone Wants. So in her case, everyone wants to be a billionaire. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys that are listening want to be billionaires as well. <laughs> right. But unfortunately, um, I lied to you early on. <laughs> we are not going to teach you how to be billionaires. We would if we could. We would if we could. <laughs> but what we do know is we do know how to effectively reach out at abortion centers right. and see babies saved. Right. We've seen babies saved over the years. We've seen, I mean, at this point, thousands, maybe five or 6,000 babies that have been saved yeah. through what was previously Cities for Life and then now Love Life. Um, and that's what everyone wants in this ministry, right? We want to see babies saved. We want to see souls saved. We want to see mm -hmm. people come into God's family. We want to see abortion workers quit. We want to see an impact. We want to see fruit, visible fruit um, that comes as a result of our activities at the abortion centers, right? That's Correct. what everyone wants. Correct. Yes. But there are things that no one sees behind the scenes, things going on in our own lives, sacrifices that we make that um, 
that lead to those results, right? And those yeah. those things are again the things that no one sees, but they are necessary in order to get the results that you want. That's correct. That's a great summary of of what this is about. And I will say that the things no one sees are usually not easy. Yeah, they're usually they almost always involve immense personal sacrifice. Yeah. So we wanted to to go through some of that um, on the sidewalk. Again, you said it's it's those tangible results everybody wants. And we also see that people quit very quickly yeah. if they don't see those tangible results that they think show success. Right. That would be baby saved, workers quitting, whatever, salvations. So... Um, I wanted to talk about this, about about the things that are going on prior to becoming a, and I'm putting this in air quotes, successful sidewalk counselor. Um, what's going on and what has led to that? Yeah. Because in many cases, it's not what you would think. Right. Now, I do want to say something that we've said often. I'm going to echo that in this episode, mm -hmm. that the victory is in obedience. And every scenario is different. Like what we have going on here at the Latrobe Abortion Center is quite a bit different than what goes on at the Wendover Abortion Center three miles down the road or less. Right. And that's quite a bit different than what happens at the Planned Parenthood that's, you know, five or six miles down the road. So scenarios are different. Mm -hmm. um, and some scenarios lend themselves to more interactions and things like that. But I also want to say that this is this this has to do with the motive and the attitudes of our hearts because the victory is in obedience, not with the interactions that we have, not with the babies that are saved. And we glory in that, and that's visible fruit that God graciously lets us see. But we do have to come with a mentality, and we talked about this some months ago in another episode where we talked about the motive for what we do. We have to come with the right motive, and the right motive is not glory to me, look at me saving babies, right? That's not the right motive. The right motive is not it's fun to go out and interact with these people. Like it can be joyful and, and praise God that we get to see a baby saved and all that stuff. But our motive first and foremost has to be that we want to glorify Jesus, mm -hmm. that we're out there in obedience to him. And when we do that, that's where the victory is. Right. Jesus was victorious in his apparent defeat, right? In, on the cross, Jesus won the victory. On yeah. behalf of all of those who put their trust in him. That's amazing, right? Jesus wins this eternal victory on the cross and, of course, through his resurrection. But it looked like a defeat. Why was that a victory? It's because it was obedience to the Father. Mm -hmm. That's why that was victory. Mm -hmm. It was obedience. So the victory is in obedience. When you step out on that sidewalk in obedience to God, you are victorious. Right. Even if you don't see babies saved. That's so I just right. Put that out there. That, um, and in fact, it's the last point, what you just said, that I actually didn't write in the article, which is um, reframe the meaning of success. Yeah. That's a, a big part of being a success is redefine what success means when you're out on the sidewalk. But you said that really well. But the, So the first thing that's going on that leads to the victory you want. Yeah. Specific commitment. Yeah. Be there. Yeah. Be there. And don't just say, I'll show up when I feel like it, because you'll feel like it maybe once a year, maybe not even that. Yeah. So be have a specific day, time, and 
honor it. Yeah. There are some sidewalk counselors that I work with, the, I would say, you know, the best ones. They will even schedule vacation time around their sidewalk commitment. Right. Uh, because they recognize just what you said. It's for God. It's in obedience to God. Yeah. And therefore, they will do whatever it takes to show up there. Yeah. And the victory in thinking about redefining victory and success, that the victory is showing up when you said you would show up. Yeah. Yeah. Life happens. Yeah. Stuff happens. Yeah. A lot of our volunteers are you know, either stay-at-home moms mm -hmm. or you know, have other things going on in their lives. We understand all of that. Yeah. But this point is very important. The mm -hmm. Bible says, each man will proclaim his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Mm -hmm. Faithfulness means a lot to the Lord. And faithfulness is doing what you said you would do, whether you feel like it or not. Right. And this is what I would encourage. I've had brand new people. I know you have too, Vicky. Brand new people that come out to shadow, and they're excited about this ministry. And they're like, well, I want to come out here every day. I'm going to come out here every day next week. And we say, hold on a second. That's, appreciate the zeal, appreciate the desire, yeah. but I would much prefer that you pick one day to come out for three to four hours and be faithful in that one day for six months or for a year or for some of our, our counselors, five, you know, six, seven, eight years they've been out here on a regular right. basis, right? On that same day consistently. I'd rather see that than you come out for five days for the next two weeks and then you just burn out and you find out it's not maybe what you thought it would be. Right. It's better for you. And this is for you guys who are leading sidewalk ministries, but also for you guys that are volunteering. It's better for you as a volunteer to put one day on your calendar to be faithful to that day and maybe build around that day. Maybe you can come other days, but you really need to have one day on your calendar that you're committed to come and come consistently, barring some other thing that absolutely you have to go to. Um, and then again, build, maybe you, maybe you commit to Monday and yeah, the Lord leads and you come out on Wednesday, but you don't want to forsake that which you've committed to, um, at the, you know, you don't want to do extra things and forsake that commitment, um, because you want to be faithful on that particular day. Yeah. Come and, out consistently. And, and like I would say every single one of the main points that we're going to go over not only will help you to become the best sidewalk counselor that you can be, but the best person yeah. that you can be. If we honor commitments in every area of life, we will definitely be honoring God yeah. more consistently in every area of life. Commitment is a big deal. It's yeah. very important. Um, yeah. yeah, I know in our kind of modern American mindset, even the kind of the church hopping mindset, you see that with people right. that, that church hop, right? Yeah. They won't commit yeah. to one specific church. Mm -hmm. They go from this church to that church to that church. Mm -hmm. And why do they do that? Well, a lot of times because they don't want to submit to authority. They want to kind of do their own thing. And then people yeah. will spiritualize it. I mean, I've had people do this in sidewalk ministry. When you try to pin them down, well, you volunteer on a particular day so I know that I can I can rely on you to be there that day. Oh, that's, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. You're spiritualizing, right. really, carnality. You exactly. just don't want to submit to leadership and you know, God-ordained direction. Yeah. And 
Yeah. Don't do that. God Don't doesn't do that. honor that. Don't do that. I, I've started coming, I guess, because I'm, I'm getting old at this. I've done this for a long time, where I will just outright say, if you can't make a specific commitment, it really doesn't help us. Yeah. I've been really honest about that because it doesn't. If I right. can't look at the calendar and know that we have enough people, I have to still scramble and get enough people. Yeah. And if they show up then anyway... Well, gosh, we're grateful to have you, but I still had to do double the work. Right. So um, honor your commitments speci- yeah. and make a specific commitment. Yeah. The second one, daily sacrificial preparation. And one of the points made in this podcast that, of course, I liked because I already do this <laughs> is <laughs> every great leader and every high achiever seems to have a common theme that there's someone who gets up early. Yeah. Now, w- not that getting up early in and of itself is is a wonderful thing, but what that shows is, and this is why I do it, when I get up early, I've got all this quiet time. I've made a commitment to give this quiet, focused time to preparing for what's going to happen on the sidewalk. It's when I do my Bible study. Um, it's it's when I do prayer time. It's when I walk the dog. But during that during that quiet, dark time, it's when I'm able to really think about all the things that might happen on the sidewalk, and mentally, and emotionally, and spiritually be prepared for them. Yeah. And according to this podcast. Uh, People who are highly successful, high achievers in their field, seem to have this common thread in their life. Yeah. So it shows a willingness to sacrifice, but it shows an understanding of intentional preparation. Yeah. And as a part of that, you, you really change your whole life because you have to back chain. And what I mean by that is that for me to get up at five every morning— I need to be in bed latest by nine or I'm going to be exhausted the next day. So that affects how I conduct myself at night. What's going to happen at night when I get to bed? My whole life becomes affected by that choice. And for me, honestly, to be honest, it's not much of a sacrifice because I like getting up early. For some people, this would be an enormous sacrifice. But again, it, it goes back to that commitment. Yeah. Are you committed to doing what it takes in order to be excellent in whatever field? But we're talking about sidewalk counseling. Well, if you want to be an excellent sidewalk counselor, then you really need to be in the Word, and you really need to have targeted time in the Word, targeted time in prayer, um, and and time when you're really focusing on um, working through what's going to happen out there. Yeah, yeah. So – I'll translate what Vicky's saying into if you want to be as good as Vicky, <laughs> then you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning or earlier or earlier. You're right. No, Sometimes the, the... I get up at a quarter of five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then obviously that's not going to work out for me. Um, seven o'clock is early for me. Okay. But you can redefine early in the same way you redefine success. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen. The point here is though. Getting up and enough time to prepare your mind and your heart for ministry. Because if you just get out of the bed, comb your hair, and uh, hop in the car and head off to the abortion center, yeah. you're not, you don't have enough time to prepare your heart. Now, maybe your drive to the abortion center is a little longer, and uh, certainly I would encourage you on your drive there to be preparing your heart to be praying. Mm-hmm. But to have some quiet, peaceful time before the Lord to prepare your thoughts – 
to prepare your mind, especially if you're in a leadership role, is really crucial because in that leadership role, whether you're a team lead for one of the days at the abortion center or whether you lead the ministry at an abortion center and you oversee some some other leaders, some team leads or volunteers, your outreach has to do with reaching the moms going in for sure, but it also has to do with training people, mm-hmm. overseeing people, relating to people that you're overseeing. And you have to prepare your mind for that stuff, yeah. even thinking through. I mean, I would encourage you guys, especially if you're a leader, to be praying for each of your volunteers. Yeah. Maybe for that day when you get up Monday morning, pray for your Monday team leads and volunteers. Um, of course, pray for the moms. This is an opportunity to kind of get all the stuff in your head out before the Lord and, and give it to him in prayer. And to be thinking through even various scenarios that you're going to encounter mm-hmm. through the day to prepare mm-hmm. your heart for those things. Yeah. Now, the more you do this, the more it becomes second nature to you and the easier it becomes. But a life of productivity is a life of discipline. That is the reality of it. It is. It is. And that's actually what we call it, what we labeled as the third unseen preparation is discipline. Self-discipline, again, I think uh, in short supply often (laughs) in modern times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's all about do what you want, when you want, what makes you happy instead of be disciplined so that what God wants is evident and and that you're prepared and, and ready for it. It it does not appear miraculously. Self-discipline, like I, I I think you can think of many of these things as almost like muscles. Right. And if you don't do these things, those muscles will become weak, right. flabby. Yeah. If you do them, the more you do them, the more you are self-disciplined, the easier it is to be self-disciplined. Yeah. But um uh it it relates directly to some of the other things that, that we already talked about that you're training yourself to do the things that it takes, yeah. even though they're not fun. Right. And they're often not fun. Yeah. Oftentimes, when we put our flesh into subjection, it it's not fun, right. but God is glorified through it. Our flesh, a yeah. lot of times, our fleshly desires are what gets in the way of God's glory and God using us in significant ways. If you look throughout church history to men and women of God that made an impact, Mm-hmm. These people were disciplined people. They right. had as as a pattern of their lives regular times in prayer, yeah. regular times in fasting, regular times in the word. Oftentimes they had a regular pattern to when they got up and when they went to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a, an abiding life. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. This is in John chapter 15. He's talking about bearing fruit, abiding in the vine. An abiding life is a disciplined life. Yeah. That doesn't mean that everything's regimented and, and everything's um, – th- there's no, like, flexibility and any of that stuff. So I'm not trying to squeeze joy out of your lives. But if you want to have a life that abides in Christ and a life that's disciplined or, or a life that bears fruits and fruit, then you're going to have to have a disciplined life, not yeah. just flying by the seat of your pants and just winging it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I uh, do a lot of checklists. And the reason I do that is not, as some people believe, so that I can check it off and feel accomplished. Not at all. That's the why checklist. I do it. I'm serious. I do. I do checklists. It feels so good to check it, it off. It feels good to, to check some stuff off, but I also do it to help you know discipline myself. It's how I things. organize my life. It's how if something is important enough, 
that it that I write it down, put a little checkbox next to it, and make sure at the end of the day that I have done that. It it, it reflects my values. This is important. I need yeah. to do this, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to help me to yeah. to do that. So the fourth unseen sacrifice of a great sidewalk counselor is a willingness to serve without seeing results. Yeah. This is so important. Yeah. And so difficult. And so difficult it is. But um we have to remember where we started, what what you talked about. Yeah. The the victory is in showing up in the yeah. obedience to the Lord. So when you've showed up, God has has received the victory. Yeah. And you've had the victory. Yeah. Um and God will not always give us the results. We will not always see them. I do want to tell a story. Okay. Uh, this is perfect time. There was a God story today that I, I didn't tell Daniel because I thought it might work in. Okay. This is, it works perfectly in this. So um, there was a woman walking down the street today. I just came from the sidewalk and I could tell she came from the neighborhood behind the abortion center. Very, very dangerous neighborhood, um, very low income. And she was not nice to me initially. You know, I tried to give her my information and said, are you coming from the woman's center? I wasn't positive. I guess I was up the street a little ways. And she said, no, I'm coming from this neighborhood. And uh, and I tried to give her the information. She said, no, I, I, I already have one. I said, how do you have one? Because I had seen our cyber counselors. No one had given her one. Yeah. And she said, I got it a week ago. And then I said, oh, well, let me tell you why. We give these to people. And I started telling her about our mentorship program, how we help the women, how we put our name on there, how even this pamphlet alone can change someone's heart from abortion to life. Yeah. And she said, I know. And I said, oh, how do you know? And she said, because I took it. I brought it home. That night, my sister found out she was pregnant. She wanted to have an abortion. And I gave her this pamphlet. Wow. And she chose life. That's amazing. And, and I just was overcome. Yeah. I was overcome because we never saw that result yeah. of that faithfulness of whoever it was that had handed her that pamphlet. And I just said, oh, I just want to. And <laughs> she she hugged me because okay. she knew I wanted to hug her. But in the day of COVID, we just don't do that. But yeah. she hugged me. And I said, Will you take another one? <laughs> you might you might save another life. By now she's beaming. And I gave her my name and number again, not just my Google phone number, but my actual phone number and, yeah. and said, please have your sister call us. We will give her a baby shower that will um that will give two full years of, of what she'll need. And this woman, I saw her texting right away. I know she was texting her sister. Yeah. Uh telling her. So this is I we didn't see that. The person that handed that that pamphlet to her, whoever that was, right. it was a week ago. I don't know who gave it to her. Yeah, and and the results, they we would never have known them, especially yeah. because other counselors tried to stop her down the street, but she was so nasty they kind of just let her go. Yeah, which I don't blame them. Right, I mean, yeah. oftentimes that is best. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, God just gave us this this little glimpse into results. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that the Lord, even with the woman being nasty, I kind of wonder why she was nasty. I wonder if. Um, because after you had shared with her or she had shared with you that opportunity or how God used her in that, in that particular situation, she seemed to be beaming. I wonder if 
she was maybe conflating us with the pro-abortion people or something like that because people that come there are pretty confused. I don't know, but yeah. either way, like God used that, yeah. and that is a result of faithfulness and right. handing out literature, whether you see results or not. It's that principle of sowing and watering. You know, right. we're sowing seeds, we're watering seeds. God yeah. gives the increase. Yeah. In that situation, God very graciously gave the increase yeah. and also let us hear about the fruit. Right. And um, we we do what we do for God's glory. We do what we do in obedience to him. We leave the results up to him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we don't always get to hear about the results, but sometimes he graciously lets us hear about those results. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome. And um, and I know that there are many facilities where, where you serve on the sidewalk that are harder than others. And results really are harder to see. There's a couple here in Charlotte. Yeah. We see the most results at, at the one I mostly serve at Latrobe. Well, there's the most abortions there. And that's all they do there. It, of course, we're going to see more visible results than at a Planned Parenthood, which is smaller maybe in our city and where they do other things. Right. So we just want to encourage you that this unseen sacrifice of serving willingly, joyfully, even when you don't see results, is really valuable. Yeah. And ultimately, you will see the results. One day you'll be standing beside the Lord and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. And all those babies that were saved, I have this picture of them all come running yeah. out, out to to hug you. Yeah. There's a scripture that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, God lets us graciously see babies saved on a regular basis here at Latrobe. Yeah. Uh, of course, keeping in mind, sometimes there's 40, 50 people inside of that building to kill their child on a regular basis, like 25 people coming there to kill their baby. Right. So we see a massive loss of life as well and some pretty awful resistance from pro-abortion people. Right. So God graciously lets us see that. The scripture that comes to mind is, I believe it's in the Gospel of John, where Jesus reveals himself after his resurrection to his disciples. And I think it's the situation, I'm kind of going off the cuff here with this scripture, so don't quote me on it exactly. I'm not going to quote it exactly. You just give us the gist of the story. Yeah, give you the gist of it. Jesus reveals himself to his disciples. Uh, I believe that's the situation when Thomas, Jesus says, put your fingers here in the nail prints, and here's my side, you know. He says, my Lord and my God, and he says... "Um, you are blessed because you see and believe, but even more blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. Yes. And so I think yeah. you guys who are ministering at these very difficult mission fields or these very difficult abortion centers where you don't see a lot of out result, just take an encouragement from the Lord. Like you're still standing in faith, even though you're not seeing on a regular basis the fruit of what you're doing. And God's honoring that. If you're doing that in faithfulness to him, God's going to bless and God's going to honor that. And I I guarantee you, babies are being saved behind the scenes that you don't find out about and you won't find out about maybe until you stand before the Lord. But God's using you guys. Yeah, I love that verse. I have never applied that to sidewalk counseling, but it is perfect because it is so much our story. We, We don't see... The um, a lot of fruit oftentimes. The fifth component is the willingness to suffer. Just know you're going to suffer. Yeah. Who wants to sign on to something where they we tell you up front, be prepared. Right. You're going to suffer, right, yeah. and you're going to suffer big time. Yeah. You're going to be out there in horrible weather. 
People are going to taunt you, make fun of you, even threaten you. Yeah. Fellow Christians will even drive by yeah. and say, you shouldn't be out here. You are a shameful human being. Yeah. You're going to be in miserable weather, and um, and you're often not going to see fruit. Now, that sounds like something I want to wow. do. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> so uh, probably we're going to lose some volunteers over <laughs> making this point, but uh, the best counselors are the ones that... Just say no matter what. Three of the most scary words on earth. Yeah. I will do it no matter what. Yeah. And because I guarantee you will suffer. Jesus tells us we're going to suffer. In yeah. this world, we will have troubles. But he also reminds us, take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah. Keep your focus on him. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be misunderstood. Yeah. You're going to be misunderstood by the people that are coming to the abortion center, of course, by pro-abortion people, but even by family and friends. Mm -hmm. Be ready to be misunderstood mm -hmm. and underappreciated and not mm -hmm. appreciated. Mm -hmm. But again, do it in faithfulness to the Lord and mm -hmm. God will honor it. I'm telling yeah. you, the Lord yeah. will honor it. Look at our model. I mean, Jesus was the absolute picture of someone willing to suffer for the greater good. Yeah. Uh, and so remember that every time you step out there with that willingness to suffer, you are you are being reflecting the image of your Savior, yeah. of your Lord and Savior. I think yeah, that's that's, that's really powerful. But um, we we already talked about the sixth component a little bit, which is intentionally abiding in the Lord. Yeah. So I, I don't think we need to go too much more into that because we don't want to go over time. The last one. And I thought this was really good from – this was right from that podcast I listened to. Reframe rejection. Yeah. Rejection is a huge part of sidewalk counseling. Like you just said, you are going to face it. You will be rejected pretty much by everyone. Yeah. Um, except for there will be the rare woman that will I – I was rejected this morning by the woman walking down the street. Ultimately, she changed towards me. But we – get slapped, metaphorically slapped in the face yeah. all the time. Yeah. Rejection hurts. None of us want it. It's going to happen. It is a given if you're involved in sidewalk counseling. Yeah. But what if you look through rejection through a new lens and instead of looking at it as a personal insult and taking it like believing it, that that defines who you are, what those who are rejecting you have said you are. What instead, if you look at it as a badge of honor? Yeah. I am rejected because I am speaking the truth that they don't want to hear in, again, modeling my Lord and Savior. Yeah. Again, who is more rejected than right. Jesus himself? Yeah. So yeah. I loved that. That made me feel like, oh, I am something else. I have been rejected today. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, if you're rejected because you're acting, you know, like a fool or whatever, that's, that's one different. Thing. Peter talks about that. You right. know, if you're persecuted because of your own sin, I believe Peter or Paul talks about that in yeah. one of the epistles. Yeah. Um, but if you're rejected for Christ's sake, then you're identified with him. Yeah. And so it's just awesome encouragement. We can be identified with Jesus because of the rejection that that comes from us speaking the truth. And I'll say if you aren't being rejected, 
you're probably not hitting the truth hard enough. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So, guys, we hope this was an encouragement, even though there were some things that were a challenge for you guys. God challenges us very graciously to help us to grow, to be more like Jesus. That's the goal, after all. To be a disciple is to be disciplined. That's uh, the root word of the word disciple, to be a disciple of Jesus, to be disciplined in the ways of Jesus. I never thought of that. That's That's that's, good. Yep, that's what it is. (laughs) And so we hope that this helped you guys to be more disciplined in what God's called you to. We hope this has been an encouragement, challenge for you guys. We'd love for you to reach out. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach Vicki, Vicki with a Y, at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear some feedback on this podcast or other episodes ideas for other podcast episodes. And uh, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you on the reviews and just get our ratings up a little bit more than what they are. If you could do that, that'd be a tremendous blessing to us. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Nothing's too precious since I met you.